until it got stuck in my meat and then got covered in that German mustard dipping sauce I got inside of me and now it don't work no more. Welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And we've got a good show for you today in our retro roundtable. First, we're going to kick it off talking about rappers and hip-hop artists that have made cameos in film and television. So that'll be fun. I was able to uh, get a bigger list here than I thought. What's the matter, Jack? Oh, I'm just staring at Randy. (laughs) Well, if he's turning off the video, so am I. There's no need for that. There we go. (laughs) But again, excited to talk about that in the Retro Roundtable. And then after that, we're going to be welcoming uh, an actor who has been in uh, the HBO Watchmen series, and This Is Us. And he uh, joins season two of the Hulu series Wu-Tang and American Saga as Inspector Deck, we welcome actor Iota Udi to the show. So it's going to be fun to talk with him. Uh, well, I guess we already did. I'm, I might as well just shatter the illusion. We already spoke with him. He was awesome to talk to. Yeah, so uh, stick around uh, for the second half of the episode where we talk to him. But before we do all that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you want to show a little bit of support to your show, uh, your favorite podcast here, and get some... Uh, unheard un- unreleased audio in return just head over to patreon.com or go to our website candarepodcast.com and there's a little patreon button there that you can hit and become a patron and uh, you get there's what over 40 episodes of the candare patreon pod on there we're on episode three going on four of the comic vault there's the traumatic episode a celeb uh, celeb interview that went horribly wrong yeah. <laughs> how many of the classic episodes are on there uh, I think there's three or four of those so far but you know they're they're releasing monthly so mm-hmm. and, and hey the don't forget price the of five human ten fly. oh yeah and the human fly mm-hmm. but yeah depending on what you guys want five to ten dollars a month plus exclusive merchandise there and if you don't want to become a patron to get merch just click on our little merch tag and there's coffee mugs Shirts, hoodies, all kinds of stuff with our logo on it. So check that out. Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? Uh, so this is the final call for the Tour Gaming Expo, Central Ohio, Columbus area, uh, Superkick facility in Lewis Center, uh, September 25th. Uh, be there, be square. It's going to be awesome. Games, toys, comics, mm-hmm. us. You know, what more do you want? Can you pre-order tickets? And where can you get them? Go to TorgEvents.com and use code CANDAIR at checkout. Hot damn. 10% off. 10% off. That might get you something out of the food truck outside. Mm -hmm. You take a bite out that hot dog. Just smile slightly and just be like, (laughs) say to yourself, thank you, Candare. Light nod. Thank you for helping me get my lunch so I can buy more. (laughs) Light nod. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that you've achieved something. (laughs) Or we've achieved something for you. And we'll feel it. All right, we're forced blowing smoke up someone's ass hardcore now. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Round Table. (laughs) 
right. Uh, rappers and hip-hop artists in films and uh, TV. Uh, Randy, you want to kick us off? So I'm going to go ahead and get the easy one out of the way first, because I know all three of us are going to either have it on our list or we're thinking about it, which is uh, Vanilla Ice's cameo in uh, TMNT2 Secret of the Use. <laughs> that one never even came to my mind when we started talking about this. Other it day. was the first one that came to my mind, but I was like, yeah, that's like Randy said, like obviously it's going to be on everybody's, <laughs> everybody's list. But yeah, I mean, uh, like as a child, that even kind of put me off. I was never like, oh yeah, ninja rap, you know, yeah. like it was just like, what? So Vanilla Ice is having a concert <laughs> <laughs> in a building that's on a pier that's also backed up sharing a wall to uh, the most <laughs> evil ninja, ninja clan in town. <laughs> like, what sure. is this place? But um, It's like it's the only place he could get a venue because it was Maybe nowadays. Cheap or something, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Hey, yeah. what's behind those double doors? Just just don't ask. Just, just no, he still, uh, ask. he still tours, actually. And... Um, Remember the dude we had on the show years ago, uh, Jason Yabara, I think his name was? Yes. He and his, like, three other guys are the guys that are on stage in the turtle outfits with him every night. So they're on tour with him now. So he does the, the rap still, or does he do the metal version? Probably the rap version, if it's Who? not the turtles. Vanilla Ice? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's the rap. Is there a, there's a rock version of it? Yeah, you never heard that one? No. Yeah, he, he went rock for a little bit. Before. <laughs> he re-recorded it in a rock version? Yeah. What? Yeah, I can't believe you didn't ever heard no. that before. Yeah, it, it was it's good. Like electric guitars and shit. Yeah, it was like uh I almost want to say it was around like the new metal corn and Limbiscuit time. Early wow, 90s. Wow, really? Yeah. Shit, so we like didn't even find that ice, end on ice, it. Baby. So, so it was like seventh string Ibanez guitars <laughs> yep. shit tuned down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half snare with the whole step down. Wow, that I'm going to have to hear. Maybe if I find it, I'll tack it on the end of this episode or something. But the Vanilla Ice, didn't, he didn't really have a part other than performing in that movie, though, right? Correct. Uh, it was, yeah, you're right. But it, it, like when they, the fight comes into the club and that beat starts and Vanilla Ice like sees these four humanoid oh, turtles fighting ninjas off and <laughs> inspiration struck. He just kind of like nods his head slightly. He's like, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Start that beat. Yeah. <laughs> like just out comes this song. It's like, well, like I wrote all these songs myself too so I could write another one. <laughs> just ends up being another Queen song or something. <laughs> <laughs> The best part of that scene was the freaking club owner and like yelling at his lackey, like, who are these actors? Call the police. And then like everybody gets into it. And the dude comes back with the, the police on the phone. He's like, what are you doing the calling the police for? They love it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, th that scene really was very much reminded me of Back to the Future uh, with Marvin Barry. Mm hmm. Oh, backstage, yeah, yeah. You know, those scenes <laughs> echoed each other. Kind of. I mean, I know they're not the same thing, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I hope. Uh, very good though uh, Jack what do you got mine is kind of I guess it's ironic that he ended up being on TV and years before actually making an album called Cop Killer with mm -hmm. Ice-T being on <laughs> Law and Order yeah. I never thought about that that is ironic yeah. <laughs> but Game he killed circle. it though he was awesome on that show oh hell yeah he's pretty much awesome in everything he does I'm pretty sure like I've never seen yeah. him do anything I dislike I like even tea, iced tea. So anything that iced tea's in, I think I end up liking. But works, yeah. 
Well, even the freaking uh, new Tide Cold Water commercials that he's doing with Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, what a freaking <laughs> pairing. But those commercials, like, crack me up every time I see them. I think I've seen those, but I totally forgot about them. <laughs> Steve Austin and Ice Cube getting paid. Ice-T. Ice-T, excuse yeah. me. Oh, Ice-T, yeah, yeah. I said Ice Cube, I think. Mm-hmm. I guess mine's going to have to be Mark Wahlberg. I was wondering oh. if he was going to be... Marky really Mark in the... Is he hip-hop or was that more pop? I guess it would have... Uh, I, I think he was bordering. I think actual hip-hop yeah. artists might be like, fuck no, it wasn't hip-hop. <laughs> but, you know, from where we're sitting, I mean, it sure certainly seemed like the genre, right? Yeah, I mean, it was... Pop It did go into the pop, but it... Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was that, that time where it was starting was it to Was good vibrations? Popular. Was yep. that that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. It's so funny because, you know, how long ago did he uh, opened up a car dealership here in Columbus on the south yeah, side of town there? a couple there. years ago. Yeah, Mark Wal- Wahlberg Chevrolet or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. I'm not sure. I don't think it's a particular uh, brand. Is it like Chevrolet, Chevy? She- uh, no, it's just uh, no, it's... like. It's oh, just... I thought it was Chevy. Yeah, no, is it is. It? Yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg. Okay, Chevrolet. Well, it's funny because you know I deliver every day, and every day I'm out. You wouldn't believe how many people have bought cars from, from that dealership and it's solely just because it's a marky mark owned chain I'm it sure. has to be maybe so maybe he'll be there right <laughs> i mean you have to go past well i guess it depends where you're coming from but where i'm at like you've got to pass auto mall drive where there's like 50 <laughs> dealerships to get to mark Wahlberg chevrolet so but they all like all those cars on the back have like a little metal circle with the M and W, and it's like uh, blue and red. It's very distinct. Really, I haven't it. seen. Them. I haven't paid attention really. But keep an eye I've, out. You'll see them. I think I've seen license plate frames for Mark. Oh, Robert I haven't Chevrolet. seen one of those. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's just funny because it's like every other car anymore. Like, dude, dude's making some money off He's some Columbus be. people. <laughs> he must be laughing at his brother for his uh, restaurant chain not doing too good. Because I've heard Wahlburgers <laughs> is horrible. Oh really? I've always yeah. wanted to try it. I I want to too, just because it's Donnie Wahlberg, or family mm. owned. I forgot Donnie. Uh, was he uh, a new kid? Yep. Wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah. was the bad boy new kid on the block. The bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> Is he the one that ended up with uh, Jenny McCarthy? Yes. Oh man. That jerk. <laughs> well, it's not Kinda. that. It's not. It's not. I mean, she's gorgeous still, but um, I don't know. Like he and her. We're doing the New Year's Eve ball drop thing for a yeah, few years was, there. Uh, I couldn't stand and it. And she was fucking annoying as hell. Yep. <laughs> and then they were just sucking face and rubbing chin all over like normal TV. I'm like, God damn, I don't want to see that like yeah. at all. No. <laughs> it's the uh, new year. It's just the love in the air, I guess. So you got to throw it at everyone's face. Dick Clark's not around anymore. That I, I don't know. Break. He... There was something up with Dick Clark. I think he stayed around much longer than he probably was allowed to be sticking around. Like, I saw was, the strings. That was sad too because after he had that like horrible stroke, they still put him on there, and he's like half mm-hmm. his face is saying. I feel like an asshole saying that, but I got respect for him. I heard he was a dick actually. Oh really? Through other people, other people said you know they met him and he was kind of a cocksucker, but. You know, everyone, I can be a cocksucker. I was, an, I was one today, actually. I mean, not literally. I was an asshole. That's what I meant to say. I was an asshole today. But, um, yeah, like like five, six, seven years before he passed, I was like, what's going on with this dude? Because like, he's in old black and white fucking mm-hmm. movies and shit dancing, and he's still here. Like, Well, I remember, because it had been years since I watched the New Year's show, and one year that he was on, and I was like, 
Good God, look at him. I had no idea that well, yeah, he had gone had, through or anything. Oh, yeah, he'd had a bad stroke. And I, and I had thought, well, like, well, that's it for Dick Clark, you know. Dude, We're thought. not going to see him. No, he was on there, and it was, uh, you know, whatever. Just, uh, I feel bad saying it, but, like, it was just hard to watch. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. It was like two two syllables or two mispronunciations away from closed captioning. You know what I mean? Like, it was, <laughs> it was kind of bad, but at the same time. I think it was pretty obvious that this was going to be his last one. So. Yeah. Make him happy. Yeah. Why not? And this right. concludes Jack and Jeremy's New Year's Eve jam. <laughs> <laughs> now it's Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Plastic Seacrest. <laughs> he just looks like like a Ken doll. Man. Yeah, he like doesn't just, age anymore. What if he just ended up looking exactly like Regis? <laughs> Because that's what he does now. He 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 was in the role of a that's right he, Regis from Regis and Kelly. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yep. Ryan and Kelly now. I don't even know if that's on anymore though. Fuck yeah, it's still on. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just came across it the other day on TV. And Kelly, I said, that no. bitch I've heard. Wow. How? I mean, I don't understand. Like how? I people aren't in those people in those positions of fame and notoriety. Are different people than us, Jack. Oh, yeah, easy, <laughs> they, yeah. They live on different planes, <laughs> and uh, they see themselves much better than uh, most people. I think, mm-hmm. probably. I, what am I talking about? What the fuck do I know? <laughs> really, We're what do I than know? Most of those are people that are listening to us, probably. No, I don't Ooh, think I'm man. better than anybody. <laughs> Quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> but um, I don't know. We've just seen we've seen some people come through this show that were very nice, but mm-hmm. uh, at the same time, it was almost like an arrogant humbleness. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain, and I'm not going to get into it on the Henry show. Henry Winkler. Yeah, he was never on the show. <laughs> but say, yeah, we maybe. wouldn't let him. <laughs> right. Sorry, Henry. <laughs> All right, back over to Randy. Oh, sorry, I took a nap when I heard Ryan Seacrest. <clears throat> so. Uh, Wow, totally threw off my game. Uh, okay, so Tone Lock, <laughs> right? <laughs> so do you guys remember the song Wild Thing and Funky Comedina? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Trying so, to think of what his name was. Tone Lock. Tone Loke. Uh, Tone Loke, sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> It was in Fern Gully, uh, The Lizard and Fern Gully, and then Surf Ninjas, which uh, was oh. what I was trying to bait uh, Jack with the other day via text I kept saying yeah brothers okay. can't surf with um Rob Snyder and uh isn't uh, Kino in that from who the second turtles Kino yeah. the actor uh, I think he was in see there was there was uh surf ninjas and there was three ninjas like I'm thinking th- three ninjas that's, that's what, what I yeah think. I don't think I ever saw surf ninjas I saw Jonathan Taylor Tom- Thomas in that one I don't think Three so. ninjas, wasn't he? I don't think so. I don't think any of those kids ended up being anything. Mm. Did they? I don't mm. think so. I could be horribly wrong, but I just remember oh. it was like so much easier to like... <laughs> not easier. I mean, turtles and ninja shit were everything at that time. Mm-hmm. And then for that to come along, it's like, well, I can't ever be a ninja turtle, but I could be one of these young kids that knows shit <laughs> and surf. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but uh, I don't yeah. know if I ever saw surf ninjas. Yeah, uh, Leslie ne- uh, Nielsen was the bad guy in that. He was like half robot or something. Oh my god! Yeah, I definitely never <laughs> saw that. <laughs> kind of suits but, the Dick Clark conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was my next pick, Tone Loke. You know what else he was in? Ace Ventura. Okay, there you go. I was gonna say I can't leave out Ace. 
Really? Or Blank. He was, was in he Blank Check. Ventura? He uh, was the partner, wasn't he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know how long it's been since I've seen that movie. I can't remember what his name was, but yeah, he was the one that was just like, hey, so here she comes. When uh, Einhorn was coming in in the beginning. I'll have to, I, I'll look it up on YouTube because I haven't seen that movie and I bet you uh, 15 plus years anyway. If you remember the song, oh, wow. you'll know. I mean, he's got that distinct voice anyway, so you would know as soon as he said Probably. Yeah. You're probably right. When I was a kid, I feel like I had watched it a lot, but I think I saw the second one more than I did the first one. Probably, yeah. The second one, <clears> I think the second one's better. Yeah. The first one's so dated. You know you know what dates that? Not only is Dan Marino, but I was gonna say Dan Marino. <laughs> but <laughs> the way Courtney Cox looks. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. that season yeah. one's friends look mm-hmm. to her, you know. It's like, God damn, it's so like screamed nineties, <laughs> but all right. Um who was next? You that was your pick, right, Jack? No, that was Randy. That was mine. Go ahead. Mine was uh the hip hop artist most deaf from Oh yes. Uh, I want to say Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's not it. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You never seen yeah. that? No. Man, that movie was so good. He was awesome in that movie. It just being, I think it was the first time I've ever seen him in an acting role because he's been in a couple other ones and he's always really good. And his he was in that really cool too. Italian job too, wasn't he? That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. Damn, that was a was. good movie. Yeah. Oh, that was a good movie. Italian job. I haven't seen that in a long time either. That was with the uh, Marky Mark, the minis. Yeah, <laughs> the mini commercial. <laughs> and uh, Charlize Theron. Yep. Looking fine, mm-hmm. but she always does, except for in Monster. She looked horrible in that, oh, yeah. but she was supposed, that was to. supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but a good movie that was, uh, too. I just remember the opening sequence to that movie was there was like a safe that was being stolen. And mm-hmm. it was like on the third floor of this building right next to like one of those canals, you know. And, yeah, and they dropped it all the way down. Like into they the blew water. holes through the floor all the way down into the the water. And then like there were dudes down there in scuba gear. Grabbing they, the bars out of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then the Coopers came in and like zoomed the shit yep. out. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that again. So cool. But yeah, I don't think I, I I would have never appreciate him as much as I did before because I had listened to his music because a, a friend of mine's brother was real big into hip hop and listened to him a lot. So I, I knew his music and then getting to see him on screen and see how good an actor he was, I got to appreciate him some more. Sure. Um, This one I had completely forgotten about because I used to watch this movie so much. I saw it so many times. I think I wore the VHS out. But from Half-Baked... When uh, Dave Chappelle's character is talking about all the different kinds of smokers there are out in the world, and he talks about the scavenger smokers. <laughs> oh, you remember this? Oh, yeah. It's like him and uh, uh, maybe Kenny are sitting out. I can't remember. Him and some of the guys he lives with are sitting on a stoop smoking a joint. And like, mm. as soon as they light it, like up out of the ground comes just Snoop Dogg. Up. <laughs> just, he's so freaking tall that he's just like come they, towering. Scavengers just nowhere. appear out of nowhere and it's like, boom, just rise up out of the ground. Like, hey, what's going on? It's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he gets, it's like, hey, let me get a hit of that. Man, and he I gets it. That yet. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty much all gone. He sat there and just. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and when they go to reach for it, it's like, back off, I ain't hit the motherfucker yet. <laughs> he smokes it down to a roach and then hands it back. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's and then dips. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, all right, I gotta get going. Take it easy, guys. And Dave's like, damn. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. That whole movie's oh priceless. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. I wish he'd do more movies. He... Dave Chappelle. Oh, I was gonna say who, Snoop, but No, Dave Chappelle. I mean shit. 
and Snoop Dogg's kind of like Shaq. He does about anything he, and everything that's offered to him, doesn't he? Yeah, he's streaming video games now, so. No shit. Yeah. And you he, know what this means? Hmm. Snoop getting paid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snoop getting paid. He paid for anything he does anymore. Oh, man. Can't blame him. I guess I would be doing the same thing. But, yeah, I mean, he's just like... Like, does shit like you would never expect, like on Martha Stewart and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I, or on the, well, maybe the, not the, so much the view, but he always turns up in places you'd never expect him He's to. He's a household name, which is kind of weird, just because, I don't know, just Well, do you, rapper, can you think of any other big rappers, like, especially like him, you know, being as influential that are doing the same kind of thing? I mean, maybe Ice, uh, was it T, you said? Ice T, Ice Cube too. I mean, he's been yeah. all over the but place. But I mean, to the but I mean, they're like doing roles and stuff. I mean, to the extent of like Snoop Dogg, though, like he's not only doing roles, but he's on all kinds of talk shows and doing commercials and no, yeah, just about you know about anything. I'd say Lu- Ludacris would probably be pretty close. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. He did a lot of stuff too, didn't he? Did he? Oh, well, he was. I in can't Fast remember details, but. But I mean, as I mean, as far as movies, like uh, aside from them, like commercials and mm. stuff like that, just general appearances on places you'd never expect. You mm. know, again, gotcha. Snoop Dogg yeah. or Martha Stewart. Like, what? <laughs> That's the thing. Being being, I don't know if that actually ever weed, happened, but I, I wouldn't you know be what surprised. I, mean. yeah. I think it did. But sorry, go ahead. Being so tied to weed and then being a rapper, but and then being a straight up household name. I guess it's just part of like our generation because we grew up with that. So of course mm-hmm. we're going to be listening to them all over the place. Sure. So he's going to be everywhere, but yeah, it's just, it's weird, but it's neat at the same time. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. All right. Do we have any other uh, picks worth mentioning before we uh, jump to commercial? One I did just want to, oh, go ahead. Method Man. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, well, it's an appropriate one to mention, seeing as we're talking Wu-Tang a little bit later here, but yeah, what was he in? He's had, he's been in a lot of like Law and Order and stuff, but he's. Oh, he's, has he? Yeah, he's been. I don't he's watch always, that stuff, really. Uh, maybe just like a, I don't want to say like a thug type, but he's always kind of been like an evil businessman type, but he plays the role so good. Sure. I don't know what it is about him, but he's always so believable. Yeah. Like Billy Bob Thornton as a bad guy, like very mm-hmm. believable. Like he just plays it well. Yeah. It's just <laughs> the the way he speaks. He's so smooth the way he talks, I guess. I don't know. It, he's cool. He's cool as shit. And his right. music was pretty sweet too. Right. Very good. Uh, Randy, you said you had one. Uh, well, it was just somebody that started out as a rapper, and then uh, his career definitely took a, a hard left into acting, which would be Will Smith. Um, oh, yeah. Mm. You know, starting out as a rapper and then landing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air role that just, you know, I think he rapped maybe a little bit here and there past that. But, I mean, I always knew him as an actor. wonder if there was ever a point that DJ Jazzy Jeff thought about ending it in the closet or something like well he got his cameos on the fresh prince bel-air all the time that's true but where is he now is he still doing shit yeah no might be like producing or something or something like that i haven't heard anything of jazzy jeff and well since he was on fresh prince cameos right (laughs) yep (laughs) nothing Mm. what'd they do was that summertime what was the, the big one they did? I can't. Or uh, no, um, parents just don't understand. Yes. Parents just don't yeah, understand. That was yeah. the one. Well, there was also Nightmare on My Street. That one, and I, man, it's been so long since I've heard that one. And then <sighs> parents just don't understand. I think there was another one too, but I can't think of what it was offhand. I loved the album Big Willie style. I thought it was good. Yeah. I listened to it quite a bit. DJ Jazzy Jeffrey was that one? No, 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 no. That was that was him. Was that the minute from? Around Men in Black time? 
one before that. That was uh, the getting jiggy with it. Miami oh, was on man. that. Uh, there were some other ones on there. Uh, I can't remember the one F. Willennium, I do remember. That one had the Wild Wild West theme on it. I can't remember which one. Uh, wild Wild. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what that album was that had that on there. But uh, I I really enjoyed Biggie, Big Willie style. I might have to pull it out to listen to it again now after this conversation. <laughs> of course, after I hear this rock version of uh, Vanilla Ice's oh, uh, Ninja right. Rap, I got to hear that too. But. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, that was a that was a good conversation. Yeah. And let's go, jump to a commercial break really quick and jump over to another good conversation with actor Iota Udi. So stick around. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On conflicted we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. And now joining us is an actor you may have seen in the HBO Watchmen series, or This Is Us, and he's joining season, or has already joined season two of the Hulu series Wu-Tang, an American Saga, where he plays Inspector Deck. It's now streaming on Hulu. I cannot wait to see it. I love these kind of stories, uh, you know, the origin stories. It reminds me kind of like the Jacksons uh, movie mm, yeah. miniseries was out. Man, yeah. I, was, I loved that. Was that was so good, yeah. We welcome Yota Udi to the show, man. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have uh, you here, One, Just looking at this project, it looks really cool. And this looks to be like your first uh, ongoing role in a series. So congratulations to you, man. That's really awesome. But Thank where you. does where does your journey start, man? Where do you where do you come from? I couldn't find a whole lot uh, on you out there. You know, that's what I said about Jack, uh, looking him <laughs> and researching him. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, I started, you know, I'm Nigerian. I grew up in Inglewood. I went to a performing arts high school. And from there, I went to the University of the Arts, which is sort of where everything professionally kicked off, where I started working on Broadway simultaneously. I was enrolled in school while working on Broadway. And I would, <laughs> funny story, I would, I would literally get on the bus, go to school in the morning, get back on the bus, go to New York. I, I went to school in Philadelphia at the University of the Arts. Get back on the bus, go to New York, and then do the show at night, and then get up and do everything all over again. And oh I did that for at least God. about like six to eight months to a year. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's dedication. But it was a thrill, though. Yeah, it was, it was a thrill. And, and then after that, you know, I decided to just focus solely on TV and film. So I just left Broadway for a second and, you know, as I'm sure time will come back, I'll be right back again. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
That's incredible. So you so you knew uh, fairly young then acting was something you wanted to do. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I my story goes, I was playing football and uh, I had a teacher at the time at the school I was at. She recommended I take the acting class as an elective. And I was like, man, I ain't taking no acting class as an elective. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was a jock. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? But I took it. And in taking it, she asked us to mime. And so when I mimed, I, I will never forget, I mimed this old man. Like just, and all I did was, it was just action. It was all about action. And I just walked slow. I, you know, it was a slow walk, but God dang it. I just walked straight to the seat and I sat down and she was in tears. She was like literally in tears. And I felt so bad at the time. I didn't want to take acting again. I was like, ah, I made you cry. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. And so she was like, no, no, you're going to be a phenomenal actor. One of the best actors we've ever seen yet. This is the career you have here. And so after that, I think it took a year before I enrolled into a performing arts school and then things took off. But my mother was a performer. My brother's a performer. I come from a family of performers and entertainers. Um, my aunt that's in Nigeria, she traveled the world when even coming to America, going to Europe, everywhere when she was like 20. You know, now she's like 60 something. So, you know, there's been a generation of people before. <laughs> Man, that's something else. And to uh, be, you know, like you said, playing football, the jock type, to be, you know, convinced one to taking that class and then taking that 180, like, this is actually awesome. And this is something I really excel at. Like, I don't really hear that story too often. That's awesome, man. Yeah, thank God for that acting teacher. You know, I'm here today. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. But I think it was inevitable. You know, I think it was just something that was a part of my upbringing that was a part of my family. So sure. it was exciting. Um, one thing I want to touch on before we start uh, talking about that is uh, I like to ask a lot of our guests, did you ever collect or read comics growing up? Was that any, anything you were ever into? What? Heck yeah. I don't <laughs> awesome. know. About, we, I wasn't allowed to collect them per se, but man, my brother was into comics a lot. Thinking back now specifically, to, I, I was more for WrestleMania, but we were definitely into oh, comics yeah. as well. But WrestleMania was a huge, like we didn't play. You know, I was I was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was Undertaker. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. Like we would set the bed up, and like we would put like these sticks and we would make the ring. Like, like slam each other down. You know? <laughs> like one, two, you're fucking out of there. <laughs> you know, it was like that was the energy. And so, uh, comics were a big thing of that. I think for me, uh, Batman. You know, I was a, I was a huge Batman fan. Yeah, I just really enjoyed, like, he had all these gadgets. I had all the gadgets. Um, I had the cape, man. You could have messed with me and my cape, man. And I have pictures. It's so funny. And hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll find some and start posting some old school photos. But, yeah, uh, we, were, we were into comics. We were, my brother and I, I say we, my brother and I, um, we were definitely comics fan, but not necessarily to the extent that I learned people were into comics. I think I came to understand like, wow, people, some people have a profession and a career out of this, but I don't think it was to that extent, but we appreciated it. And we were uh, very enthusiastic about uh, re-enacting the moments that we read <laughs> and saw on, on screen. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, what you say about that Batman cape. It's funny how the smallest little accessory can make you feel bigger than life. You know what I mean? Like, I told you guys when I was a kid, like, I loved the Ninja Turtles. So I would throw the trash can lid on my back and belt it to me. And boy, if I didn't feel like a fucking turtle, 
I was a turtle. You know Just what I mean? a bandana and a broomstick. And that was oh, enough. yeah. Yep. Look at me. I'm Donatello. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> Raphael had nothing on you. <laughs> it's funny, too. Everything that can become a cape if, you, if you've got the right imagination. Like, oh, look, bath towel, sheet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully it's not a dish yeah. towel, it's a beach towel. Right? <laughs> then you just look like Robin. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be Robin. <laughs> you know, I got to respect Robin, though, because Robin took a lot of shit. You know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. Really, yeah. He held his own. I, I, did, I came to appreciate Robin later on in my life. I feel like Batman uh, really did the like a, the boy named Sue lesson on him, you know, like mm-hmm. the Johnny Cash song. You name your boy Sue, just make him tougher. So he's tough. Yeah, and, uh, people gonna be <laughs> yeah. <getting> shit. <laughs> you gotta harden him. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Do you it was now was that uh, do you ever read comics or graphic novels, anything like that nowadays, or is that kind of? I've had the. I, I'm open to it. Like if I saw it on the on a table, if sure. I saw it somewhere, I would totally read it, but. The time, um, I, I don't make the time for it, uh, and I don't necessarily have the time sure. either to spend on it. But I, you know, I'm all about if, if someone was gonna, if someone was asking me to play a Marvel or some type of movie I'm dealing with the comic, oh, hell yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I am the comic. <laughs> <laughs> I do my own stunts. Come on. Right. <laughs> Time to go. Look at my bath cave. Right. Exactly. All right, man. We got to talk about uh, this this uh, role, Inspector Deck and Wu Tang and American Saga. Again, this looks freaking awesome. I cannot wait to see it. I love origin stories, even if it's about someone I don't know too well and I, i'll be i'm guilty to say i don't know a whole lot about wu-tang but mm-hmm. I, i'm just curious were you a fan of wu-tang growing up so like like how like extraordinary like how awesome was it to get this role for you it just seems bigger than life man it, it totally is man it is a moment of of that my cousin appreciates me doing this for her and my 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 friend's that are way older than me, that lived during that time, they appreciate me doing that, you know? So it speaks to my family, it speaks to my friends, it speaks to so many people. And I was thrilled, you know, I was like, uh, this is a iconic moment. Not only am I playing an icon, but for me, it's an iconic moment to then be able to play an icon at that. I I just, I didn't even, I didn't even have any words when Kim Coleman, the casting director called me and told me that I had the job. I was speechless and I'm sure I talk a lot, you know, my mouth is really <laughs> the shit. You know, but I literally didn't have anything to say because it was just like, wow, this is happening. And um jumping on the phone with Inspector Deck, meeting Riza and it being actualized and feeling actualized in the moments that you manifest and that you work on and work hard towards, it's just it's, it's over the moon. Like you just feel yeah. you just feel it's so exciting. And my cousins were really familiar with Wu-Tang growing up. Mm-hmm. So I was the little kid that just like, you know, I would take their little cassette tape or their CD players and kind of like listen to my ear and hear what everybody was listening to. But I don't know that I knew anything about Wu-Tang in, yeah. in, in regards to what they were talking about specifically. Sure. It wasn't until that I got older that I really found an, a deeper appreciation for the group and even to this day, I'm even finding more information. I'm like, wow, this is profound. This is global. This is not only for a, spe- a specific ethnic group. This is for everyone. 
this is for those that know, for those that don't, this is, this needs to be in school and be taught as a, as a, as a course, you know, as a life course, maybe, I don't know. That's right. a good idea. Ten <laughs> percent. <laughs> but that's that's that was the uh, that was the introduction. It was I was ecstatic. I was over the moon. And sure. Shout out to my manager who four months prior to me getting the audition, she was already on the lookout for it. And the minute it came, I jumped on it, got it, and I flew out. They they were trying to fly me out the same day they booked me for the wow. role. Wow. And awesome. I literally, I, like, I took off, I left LA, went to the East Coast, and I think like maybe four to five days later, I was on set and we were going into the studio, I was recording the tracks, laying the tracks down, um, <laughs> meeting, you know, DJ Dice, I was meeting King Tech, I was meeting like everything, I'm, the ball got rolling so fast, and now I'm just, I just, I'm grateful. Sure. I'm getting vicariously excited over here. <laughs> it's, cool. yeah. it's really cool. I love that. So uh, you had meant, just said something about uh, actually getting to talk to Dak. I was going to ask you how, you know, one, if you actually had, which again, you said you had, and how involved uh, is Wu-Tang actually with the production or are they? Well, I, for me, I had an extensive conversation with him over the phone, which was, I told my manager, I was like, if I only get to meet him, which I want to meet him, but if I don't get to meet him, I was like, the conversation was like amazing in itself. Okay. So yeah, he spoke to me and um, it was insightful, man. It's like, you're talking to, you know, it's just, come on, like who gets to talk to Inspector Deck just out of the, like, you know, yo, I'm talking to Deck on the phone. And for me, that was, that was a moment I cherished. And sure. He just spoke to me about his name even. And I've, I've, I've mentioned this multiple times, but the, the amount of detail, the amount of specificity that he gave me, it just helped me really portray the role. I mean, you know, the difference between Inspector Deck, AKA Rebel INS, the difference between the two, you know, Rebel is his attitude, whereas Inspector is his conscious, uh, observant mind. And it's... Um, it really allowed me to shape the role in the way I did. And it gave me a better understanding and appreciation for him as an artist, as an individual, uh, as a black man. Uh, there's a lot of different entities to Inspector. And it just, it just really, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to formulate the words, but there's just, it's so many different aspects. You know, he touches so many different um, elements of life itself, just right. struggle-wise, success-wise. And then you have understanding of culture, and then you have understanding of the world as a whole. Like, they cover, they, I would say, the Wu group just covers so many aspects. And I think there's a, there's a sort of appreciation and a respect and an inspiration that I, I, I get from speaking to him and from the Wu group themselves. Sure. Randy, did you want to jump in? There? Yeah. So I had. Yeah, come on, Randy, stop being shy. You know what I mean? I <laughs> jump in there. All right. So get your feet wet. <laughs> so a lot. So a lot of times, <laughs> right? <laughs> so a lot of times I'll hear a song on the radio and I'll just like, hey, cool, awesome, and then I'll hear like a backstory about it or get to know a little bit more about the person, and it kind of develops onto like a whole new level for me. Have you had that? 
with after talking to Deck and then maybe listening to some of the songs that you may have heard as a kid? Totally. <laughs> I think uh, that was the research. That was what I did jumping into the role was really literally writing everything down, the meaning of everything, because one, if you, I grew up on the West Coast, so by slang, I'm already removed from that slang. I mean, obviously not to that extent. I'm, I'm black, but you know, I'm, I'm so there's, there's a familiarity, but the back then nineties in the nineties, there was a total different slang. We don't, they don't talk the same. You know, everybody's like, yo, what's fat back then? You know, sandals fat. You know, you don't say that nowadays. You don't hear people saying that. Um, East Coast and West Coast was always totally different anyway, though. And it's and then even back then, exactly. It's yeah. a total different, you know, groups of people. <laughs> yeah. Everything is different. And for me, I think a lot of, a lot of the music, just the slang in itself, was already like, oh, wow, what did that mean? You know, oh, wait, what? Oh, that's what he was talking about? And going into that, it allowed me to really have a better understanding for the, the and respect for the songs because after you find out a lot of the meanings and you really understand what they're saying, uh, you 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 realize why they are the Wu Tang Clan. So sure. yeah, I, I definitely had that experience multiple times. Obviously, you've got some vocals behind you because I saw your performance uh, singing Oklahoma in uh, Watchmen. <laughs> but when you're when as uh, Inspector Deck in this series, when you are performing behind the camera, are you actually performing or is it synced up to a voice track or is it? Yeah, when I got booked for the role, the first thing I did, I went into the studio and I laid down all of Deck's verse in every song for 36 Chambers Down. So it's actually me. On the t on the screen that you're seeing, wow, um, nice. and then when we do the performances, is actually it's everyone. Everybody's doing their own. They we have to learn the material to its to to the fullest because, and that was the thing though. Learning the material is also being educated about the Wu Tang Clan, being educated about their history, being educated about what they were going through at that time, and what it meant to them in relation to the world they were living in. And so you were getting a lot of information and research just from detailing the music itself. Okay. So yeah, that was that was all me. And shout out to King Tech. It was such a you know I went into the studio and I asked uh, DJ Nice. I was like, yo, you know how long is it gonna take? You know in the studio. I know we're we're set for a certain schedule. He's like, I mean, it depends on how long you going. You know how well you do. He's like, you do bad. It's gonna take a longer time. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, cool. Well, just give me an estimate, you know? So he's like, all right, maybe like five hours. And in my head, I'm like, five hours? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not creating an album here. Like, it's just, I'm laying a track down. So he was like, well. So I went in and I think like two hours max, maybe in, in for me to go in and put the, and lay the track down, two hours max. It was just, I had I was like listening to Dex's verse so much that it was it was internalized. Yeah. So by the time and this is my phone, this is my improv, you know, my phone to my ear. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I would take that's how it was. I would just take my phone, put it to my ear, and you know, go over. I smoke on the rock like smoking Joe. Uh, you know, hell, razor. Like going over it over and over and over until yeah. I really felt like I could internalize it to then be able to perform it because time for me was short make it muscle memory so you you know just exactly yeah mm -hmm. 
Um, I was going to ask you uh, if it, you found it at all challenging as an actor, you know, not only playing this person who with such big history in the uh, music industry, but, uh, you know, you're also you are coming on season two, picking up this role, correct? Like this was in season one portrayed by somebody else. So when you are putting your portrayal on screen or in front of the camera, uh, do you... I guess, where do you find the character in your head? Do you, do you have to look like for yourself at what the guy before you did at all and study that? Or are you just looking straight at deck and like, I'm doing my own thing? How does that work for you? Jumping into this role was very specific and different from the norm. And uh, I think every role is actually different when I jump into it, thinking back now. Specifically, I reached out to people that were of the times and I tapped into the energy. And I reached out to them and I spoke to them to, I, I mean, I was, I, I danced too. So I was in a part of a lot of house clubs and, and a lot of house movement and house culture and dance and whatnot. And I reached out to some fans and friends that I knew and I asked them like, yo, what do you know? Tell me everything you know. What was the energy like? Like when you went to a concert and you stood in front of the Wu-Tang Clan, like what did that feel like? because that's the closest thing that I could tap into that would register, sure. would give me the muscle memory and the essence of deck. So that's what I tapped into. Getting information from uh, looking at YouTube or looking at what someone else did, that wouldn't serve me. I think that artists are just individual and they should, and I do, just find their own means of investigation and research for the character they're portraying. So no, I didn't. I didn't cater to anyone else's input or advice. I just really keyed into the energy, detailed the music, and got myself out the fucking way. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's really that's the main thing because for me, I'm thinking, oh, I remember the '90s. You know, this yeah, people do it like this. You know, and so that's you're in the way of what actually would happen if you if you get yourself wow. out the way, then you can allow this character to develop because. Truly, it's a partnership. It's a partnership between Deck and myself. And then I take on that responsibility of portraying Deck, you know, Deck in relation to the character, Deck in relation to the universe, in relation to Wu-Tang Clan, in relation to Hulu itself, you know, and what all those aspects mean in each and every episode that we're in, because that's what's going to be portrayed. So it's incredible. It's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's a partnership. That's how, and I have that outlook going into it. So it was uh, definitely helpful because I think without that, I probably would have catered to um, calling Deck up more often and sure. maybe texting him more and, and just trying to like, you know, get it as much as I can. But a lot of the things that you see is me just really tapping into the energy of the times and energy of Deck that I, you know, I've asked questions, multiple questions right. from friends, family, cousins, uncle, you know, Pookie and them in the back, you know what I'm saying? Was you back there in the nineties? Like, you know what I mean? I was just, yeah, just investigation. Like really, like I was a detective. I was a detective and I'm playing inspector. So <laughs> it's incredible because, you know, I, I wouldn't, uh, I would have never imagined to go those places. Like going as far as talking to people who were just at the concert, just to feel 
get an, the energy in the room through them. That's incredible, man. That's. I mean, it's a, it's such a dynamic. It's such a dynamic. It was such a specific time and era. Yeah. So people they consider it the golden era. People don't forget the '90s. You know, everybody remembers. At least everyone I spoke to, they've all remembered where they were when they first heard Wu Tang, you know, or when they first heard Protect Your Neck. You know, I was I was talking to my friend Tango. I was like, yo. You know, when you were in, when you were in school, he was like, yo, when I was in school, Protection Day came out, man, I had four homies with me and I knew everybody's verse and I won the battle. Like they, you know, it, it's it's that intense, you know, it's yeah. like like comics, you yeah. know, like comic fans. It's that's the same type idea. They're that passionate. They are that aggressive about what it is they love so much. Sure. Which is this group. And so there's a huge responsibility. There's a huge challenge to meet the standard that they've set to meet the bar. It's because it's so high. So yeah, a lot goes into um, each and every, and I can, I can definitely speak for each and every one. Like a lot goes into each and every one's character that's on set that's portraying the Wu members because they're, they're dynamic man, and they're sure. pretty phenomenal men. Congratulations again, man. It sounds like you're having one hell of a good time. <laughs> Thank you. Man. It's a dream, you know? It's a, it's a dream that turns to reality. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as uh, acting, you know, what's do you have anything like down the line other uh, than this series? What's new? What's upcoming for you? Auditions. Uh, back in audition season, which is exciting, too. I love sure. auditioning. You know, you, you get an audition that you think is like the perfect thing for you, and then you kill it. And then you don't get it. And it's like, <laughs> yes, I didn't get it, but I killed it. You know, you're like still excited yeah. about it. So it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And I think, um, man, I honestly, I think that's just, for me, I'm just, I've, I've told the, I've, I've told God, I was like, God, I honestly want to work with people who are just so creative. That'll blow me from a creative standpoint. I want to work on jobs that, deal with a lot of passion behind it and meaning. Um, but everything, everything helps, you know, every, every job, it, it gets to help you prepare for the next role and for the next role and for the next thing. And so I'm excited what comes my way. I don't like to put too much on it and put myself in a box. You know, before I was like, oh, I got to work with Denzel. You know, I, I, I got, and I still got to, I got to work with Denzel. Oh yeah. yeah. Kind of keep that. Kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Don Cheadle too. Yeah. I have to work with him, you know, specific people. <laughs> um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm in the space where I'm like, I honestly want to work with people who are, I mean, unless Joaquin Phoenix called me, then all of this is bullshit. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, all of this is bullshit. I'll drop it back quick. But outside of that, I do. I want to work with people who are just really creative and that are about the work, that are about the craft and really invested and, and interested in like falling into the gap of a character or of the role. And, and then I, you know, there was a guy, there was a director, his name is Dintai and he was the director of episode. He was director of two episodes. He was just, it was amazing to work with him because he was like a scavenger for the information, for the truth of the character. It was, it was so dope. And he would come on set and we would have discussions. Like we would just discuss yo, what did you think about the script? Did you read this part? I was like, yeah, I read that part. I thought it was this. He was like, well, I see it like this. And I was like, ah, I was like, well, I see it like this. You know, he's like, ah, what if you marry the two? What if, and, and, and you found a deeper appreciation for being on set, doing the work and being of the, and a part of the work. So honestly, it, it, it all, for me, at the end of the day, it boils down to creativity, passion, 
um, drive. And, and there's, you know, there's a class to work. I want to be in, in the, in the pool of people that work on classy film and TV productions, you know, then I think that's a, Interesting word, you know, classy, you know. I think you're already yeah. doing it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, totally. I agree. That's I mean, awesome. I've been blessed to work on some top-notch projects, so I'm excited for what's going Very much so. And I'll tell you what, man, if you put half the energy you're putting into this character and your future roles, like, I cannot wait to see where it takes you. Listen, Randy said it. You know, Grace, can we make sure we get that? <laughs> Randy said it, okay? <laughs> One of these well, days, this will be like, oh, yeah, we had him on before he got really huge, yeah. you know? You have to Maybe go for about us. Many <laughs> <laughs> I was running away from Randy's corns, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh Randy does not have any corns that I know about. You know? Hey, no. hey, man, it's all good on the Robin of the group, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, dream role. What, what's a dream role for you? Would you like to play? Have you ever thought about that? A character, or a, or a franchise, or something like that that you'd love to do? Yeah, I, 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 once again, I let that go a little bit. Uh, something that will shock me, something that'll put me on my face on the ground and like put me in amazement and just disbelief. Something like that. Something so dynamic that reaches the masses. Something big. That's what I'm manifesting. You know, I'm manifesting something big. Not to not not big in the sense of fame, big, but big in the sense of depth. You know, sure. uh, uh, something deep. Something. Something like, oh shit, we gonna wonder, you know, I wanna play the Joker. You know, that I wanna be the first black Joker. Like that's it's so sickening. weird you just said that. I mean, just based on our conversation earlier, I was gonna say Bruce Wayne Batman. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Thick. Like, yeah, exactly. Like though that's that's what that's what um But Joker be just I'm as in, cool. I'm an Aries, so it, it takes a it takes a lot to like to shake me up. So something that'll shake me up for sure, but <laughs> Playing the Joker or something that I have to like lose a lot of weight. Like I've always wanted that story. Like or I gotta lose a lot of weight or I have to gain a certain amount of weight in order to play this role. Because you know, if you if you gain three hundred, if you gain a good fifty pounds for a role, you're serious about that role. You're not gonna play. Oh, with definitely. That oh yeah. Role. <laughs> yeah. Like that you're is committed role at that, that you, point. Exactly. You're committed <laughs> before you even start. You know. Um, but that's what excites me. Those. Those little small details and small things um, that uh, the producers are excited about, the writers are excited about, and everyone's sort of in creatively. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm like a big kid, you know. I like to imagine and create and play and and um, yeah, and and be shocked and surprised. Sure. So something like that, whatever that role is, that's that's what I want. That's what you want. That's cool, man. Did you guys have anything else really quick, Randy? Little little yeah. tiny Randy up there? Okay. You, mean, you mean Robin? Yeah. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> hey, you let my bath towel out of this, all right? <laughs> oh, that Scott's going to stick. I have, I have a feeling that's going to stick. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Yota, thank you so much for being here. I want to encourage our listeners to check out Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. Yeah. And uh, you can be found on social media at Udi taken over should we be directing people anywhere else nowhere else uh, instagram twitter all social media accounts Udi taken over made it simple cool boom like there it, it is. Yeah, keep it simple me. 
lucky enough to have the same thing all over social media. Not like us. <laughs> not man. like us. Yeah. <laughs> <You> lost out. <laughs> <laughs> The, can, the canned air podcast one. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I think we may have flirted with that idea at one point. But that, just, that just looks so unofficial when yeah. you put the one on there, doesn't it? Oh my God. Well, Iota, thank you again so much for being here with us, man. It's been a pleasure. And again, congratulations to you and all your success, man. Thank you. Thank you all. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. All right, and that was our conversation with Iota Udi. Man, that was that was really cool. He was one hell of a uh, fun guy to talk with. That was fun conversation. I really got to get me Hulu because I'm really interested in this show because I've always known who the Wu Tang Clan is, but I don't know who they are. If that makes sense, like yeah. the members. Well, no, I know who they are, but I don't know like anything whole, about them. You uh, mean? Yeah, like the whole the whole thing, the whole Wu Tang. It's typically thing. like shows like this that, like, I think when I watch this, I'll get into Wu Tang. You know? Yeah. Yep. I think Randy may have touched on it uh, earlier in the conversation somewhere, but knowing the back history and the, the stories behind music for anything is like huge for me you know i'll watch an elvis documentary and now all of a sudden i want to listen to elvis when yeah, i yeah. gave a shit before you know what i mean it was like that motley um, crew thing that they had on netflix that, that oh show yeah that made me i mean i always liked their music anyway but seeing that and knowing more about the members because i was so young about it i didn't know anything yeah. about them and what they were going through at the time they yep. recorded what you've heard and just all that stuff struggles mm -hmm. it's yeah i'm excited to watch it and i'm excited to uh you know be introduced to that music because they've been you know obviously there wasn't a person alive who didn't know who wu tang was yeah <laughs> yeah i they mean won a video kinda, game after did they really mm -hmm. yeah they did it's it's kind of funny too because growing up i had a buddy that was really into wu tang and all i ever heard him talk about was method man rizza old dirty bastard but uh, Inspector Deck was actually one of the more featured artists, I guess you call, uh, on that group. But he just he was he was more quiet and reserved, so he didn't get like the the stage hype per se that the other three did, or at least from where I was hearing them growing up. Right. Or hearing about them. No idea, but I, I'll believe you. I, I again, I don't know anything about it, but um, I'm excited to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to learn and by doing it through this show. Have you guys seen the trailer for it? Yeah, it I think I did ass. for the, the yeah, first season. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's kind of I think four episodes are out now. When it dropped, the first three episodes came out when it dropped. Now uh, episodes are coming out on a week basis. Hmm. All right, well, very good episode. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. So let's just wrap her up by saying, Jack, what do we have on the website? Cans. What Ooh. kind of cans? Or what can you do with these cans? You can listen to the show, see who's been on the show, get some merch of the show, become a patron, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, you can be here with us on the show. Only thing wrong with that is you didn't even say the URL. That's cannedairpodcast.com. Yeah. You can do all those can-do's. I thought they'd just Google it. <laughs> you can do that. We're Googleable. We're Googleable. As Siri or whatever her name is. Alexa? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know those AI's names. I've got the Google one in here, and I I, I use I use it quite a bit. Do you? I, I do, <laughs> I do, I do. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And again, like Jack was saying uh, on on that website, CannedAirPodcast dot com. Hit that Patreon link, become a patron, and get 
hours of uh, unreleased content for the low, low price of 5 to $10 a month, people. Come on. Come on. Can't get enough of us here? You can't listen to it all in a day. You can listen to it all in two days. Nope. If you could, get a life, man. Like that's, <laughs> Do something or other therapy. than listen to that much podcast, because that's a lot of podcasts to listen to in two days. So, All right. And uh, what else is there? Anything, gentlemen? Uh, so final call for the Tour Gaming Expo, September 25th mm-hmm. in Lewis Center, Ohio. And then uh, also shout out to Evergreen Podcast Network, which we're a member of. Uh, go to evergreenpodcast.com. Check out all the shows. Check out us. And uh, yeah, come see yeah. us on September 25th. Come out and see us. We are very, very anxious to uh, meet some fans. You know, we didn't get to do this con because of COVID. Got it, you know, canceled it last year. But the year before when we did it, we had a much smaller presence. And, uh, man, the uh, the feedback we got and the people we got to meet, it was all so cool. It was all just amazing to meet the fans. So, you know, we have a bigger display this year. We're going to be selling merch, not only, you know, just toys and comics and stuff, but we've also got uh, canned air cans you can actually buy, uh, pins, what else, bookmarks, all kinds of uh, stuff. So stop by the our booth if you are at the con and say hello. Uh, we love meeting you guys. And I think that's probably going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Dord. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. Uh, Excuse me, I had to belch. We're going to kick it off talking about... This has been a Canned Air production. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes.